I've told you before that this has been a year for me to get closer to Mary. It's been quite the journey and it's still beginning. Today I received a lovely meme that said, to be Marian is to arrive in heaven and have Jesus greet us by saying, my mom has told you lots about you. I love that and I get it. Although, I still struggle a bit about going to Mary instead of going straight to Jesus or the Holy Spirit. As we approach Pentecost, we will be hearing more and more about the coming of the Holy Spirit and the Advocate. Well, here's the Mary clincher. Mary is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spouse of Mary. Our church teaches that in marriage, the two spouses become one flesh. In a perfect marriage, that's what happens. And don't you think that if there is a perfect marriage, in the true and fullest sense, it's the marriage between Mary and the Holy Spirit? This is the marriage that was so perfectly perfect that it actually conceived Jesus Christ, who is God. That's how perfectly united Mary is to the Holy Spirit. And so, as I approach Pentecost, I am thinking about Mary and praying that the Holy Spirit, living in Mary, intercedes for us, sanctifies us, and brings us ever closer to Mary's Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Emily Callen. I am Billy Chan. And Billy Chan um, is very sad today. He's he been is. he was very very sad <laughs> all day because he Come didn't on. he didn't receive any emails. <laughs> That's Nobody because he wasn't there last week. That, that's called we didn't have attention any seeking, right? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Please no, send no, me no. emails, please. No, Tweet. it is, but no, because he wasn't. There was no church for mm-hmm. dummies last week, so uh-huh. that means that more people should have been emailing and tweeting and saying, "Where is Billy Chan?" <laughs> Right? It means That's I'm not important. You are important. <laughs> anyway, Billy Chan will be here today. We will have Church for Dummies today, and we're going to get some details about that uh, in a bit. Um, uh, uh, just a reminder for our listeners, if they only get a part of the program, you know, some people are listening while they're driving, they hear only a portion of the program, you, you can go home and, and that interview that you didn't finish listening to, you can listen to it online. All our shows are available at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Um, and it's very easy to find every single 344 programs that we've done over the last seven years, eight years are, are all there. You did count, huh? It's something like that. Something like 340 <laughs> programs. Anyway, today Mark Matthews is back. Mark Matthews is our Hollywood undercover missionary and he's going to tell us about a film studio Ooh. that ha- I haven't told you yet but he's <laughs> going to tell us he's going to tell us that about a film studio that has a special study group so you're going to have to stay mm. tuned to find out what this study group That's is That's the study group I would sign it's up for It's not the study group that you think it is There's no um, books, right? No. Uh, <laughs> well there is um, oh, there is one book <laughs> So you don't want to miss uh, Mark Matthews. Uh, he's going to tell you that. That's uh, in about 10 minutes right after Emily Callan. And Emily's going to tell us our news today. Yes. So we're, we are going to talk about Fatima again. Again. Okay, yes. So, so just going over. Happened. Exactly. Going over Last some week. of the main events. Yeah. Yes. What the Pope said and highlights of his trip to Fatima. Yes. Um, but yeah, there are other things that uh, happened um, this week. And even in Canada, there's a really important event that yes, kicked on off. Wednesday. Uh, Yes. Was that the event? On See, Wednesday. I keep jumping ahead and then, I, then you're going to tell me, <laughs> no, that's not the event. But it is. Okay, the event on Wednesday. Yes. Stay tuned. Emily will be in, 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 a, in a, f- 
uh, five minutes or so will be telling us what those uh, news items are. And yes. Billy, you are going to be answering a question today on Church for Dummies. Yes, because there's a lot of people or young people or people or old people think that um, Mars is very boring. N- I mean, going n- to Mars is very boring. Not in I mean, my parish. No, really? <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did, did you ask every single one? But anyway, I'm going to tell um, some tips. We can share that, you know. You, 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 you must have a lot of, like, okay, so like tips, comment about that. Tips on making mass less boring. Or more interesting. Which doesn't include bringing a coloring book. No, no, no. <laughs> or no. bringing Cheerios. <laughs> or, <laughs> okay. Or tablet. <laughs> okay, now, Unless you're two. <laughs> now, I have a question yeah. for you guys. So, so that's Billy Chan. That'll be uh, right after Emily's, uh, sorry, right after Mark Matthews in about, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes. Um, do you guys ever go to Catholic conferences, big Catholic yes. conferences? Yes. yes. Okay, so I know, you, and actually, you've been a speaker yeah. at a conference. Well, you yeah. both have. Yeah. Um, so how important would you say it is that a Catholic, I mean, the content ob- obviously has to be important. Mm-hmm. How important is that you have good technical artistic production? Well, I mean, I think it is important because, you know, you want the young people who are at these conferences or, or even if they're conferences that aren't for young people, but for of any age, I mean, uh, you want them to be able to focus on the content, right? That's okay. given. So I think that for one, when when the production is good and done well, then you're not distracted by, you know, something right. going wrong or, you know, um, you're able to enter in more right. easily. Right. It's very important, according to me. I mean, um, uh, if, if, if a place is very distracting, you know, the, it doesn't help the speaker at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also the, the audience as well, right? You know, it's easier for them to follow everything. If everything Right. Combined so lights, audio, yes. good microphones. Yeah. You're good creating music. the uh, the the environment. The environment. Of okay. course, the speaker is very important as well. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. But all other thing help. Okay, so a lot. So were, were any? Well, I know, I know you were in Krakow last summer. Yeah. At the Mercy Center. Yes. Big production. Do you think that was good production? <laughs> it was. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank I mean, you. it was. I was there for work, and and you know, when the first night kicked off, I had to kind of like pull myself away from. <laughs> from well, we from actually, what was I actually put was, out a yeah. we put out a question on Facebook. Uh, uh, if anybody had been at the Mercy Center and, mm-hmm. and if what their highlights or what their memories. And of course, we got a message from, and this is the one I'm going to read because I want to respond to David. David Snively, Snively, sorry if I mispronounced your last name. He remembers Life Teens XLT with Matt Marr and Bishop Barron with the three seminarians processing the Blessed Sacrament was amazing, exclamation mark. Thanks to all present, exclamation mark. And I just want to say, David, it wasn't three seminarians. There was two deacons there. One of them is the one speaking to you right now. And <laughs> and the middle one was a priest. It was a, a priest. So priest, two deacons processing in the Blessed Sacrament. But yeah, that was amazing for those of us who were actually processing the Blessed Sacrament. So thank you, David, for remembering that. It was definitely a highlight. Now, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because our guests today, and they will be live in our studio, are Mike Danielson and Charles Ide, And they are the people behind a company called Idecom. It's a creative company, production company, and they were behind all the production at the Mercy Center. Wow. So with, with, with help from, from other people, but, but <laughs> obviously they were spearheading uh, the production there. So we're going to talk with Charlie and Mike about, uh, pr- you know, producing large events and, and, and what that's. A, and maybe we can give some tips, some tips uh, on people, parishes, groups that want to produce their own events. 
cool. what what uh, what they should be taking into account. So that's in about 25 minutes. So if anybody wants to relive those Mercy Center memories, they can stay tuned. And if anybody's planning a big event, you should stay tuned because Charlie and Mike uh, have lots of good uh, advice. And after that, at the end of the program, we're going to be reconnecting with Marie Miller, who is a singer-songwriter uh, that we met in 2014. Um, we really, really, really like Marie Miller's music. She's so good. Uh, folk, country, pop, mix there, blend. Um, and so we're delighted that she has a new album, finally, mm -hmm. after three years. It's a new album. It's called Letterbox. And you can find out all about why it's called Letterbox by staying tuned to this program. We're going to be talking to Marie Miller in about 45 minutes. Um, but we're going to start with a song to get you in the mood. Here is Marie Miller with 221 from her new album, Letterbox. It hasn't been so long since we were like a diamond sky. Constant, we were strong, sparkling and bright. The storm came rolling in. Darling, I rain fell hard. I let go of your hand. from her new album, Letterbox, and we're going to be speaking with Marie Miller in our second half hour, and in about five minutes, corporate Bible study groups. But first, here's Emily with our news. Exactly. And I will start with Fatima. So just to, um, again, maybe for those who haven't uh, heard the previous shows or um, who might not have heard a lot about 
Pope going to Fatima. Um, so he was there for the 100th anniversary of the apparitions of Mary. For those people, you might have to say, what is Fatima? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're right. Okay. Um, so Fatima in Portugal, yes. <laughs> little town. Um, there were three shepherd children in 1917, and uh, they had visions of um, our Blessed Mother um, for six consecutive months, uh, once a month. And um, so the first apparition happened on May 13th. And so that's when the Pope uh, celebrated Mass. So he was there on that day. And so his trip to Fatima lasted 25 hours, a very short trip. He didn't have a lot of time for like surprise visits and stuff like that, which he usually likes to do. Um, But there were, uh, you know, some of the major highlights. On the first day that he was there, uh, he went straight to the chapel of the apparition. And um, as he he normally does, this is something that we've seen Pope Francis do before, but he goes before the the, the image of Mary and... um, you know, places a bouquet of flowers, which is what he did. But it's also what all the popes before him who visited Fatima did have done as well. Mm-hmm. So this is something that was just continuing in the tra- the tradition of his predecessors. Um, and then uh, he stayed in silence as well as then led uh, the pilgrims who were there in, in a short prayer. Uh, later in the day, um, he participated in a candlelit procession, um, prayed the rosary with the pilgrims, which... By the way, there were over a million pilgrims that were there for for this anniversary. And of course, you know, the Pope does attract a lot of people. So um, it's particular, particularly special for the people who are there um, for this anniversary. And so he blessed the candles and led the crowds in the prayer of the rosary. And he spoke about mercy, um, which is one of the messages of Our Lady of Fatima. And so he, um, he said, but mercy is something that has to be put before judgment, he says. Um, and and then he says, but but God's mercy does not d- deny justice, for Jesus took upon himself the consequences of our sin uh, together with its due punishment, and he redeemed our sin on the cross. So um, just a quick quote from uh, his vigil at, um, at Fatima. And then the next day, big thing, which I think we can probably take away actually from, from this trip, was the canonization of Francisco and Jacinto, Jacinta Marto, who are the through two of the three shepherd children who receive mm-hmm. these visions. And they were really young. They died only a few years after the apparitions, which is something that um, the Blessed Mother told them that would happen, that mm-hmm. they she would bring them to heaven with them. Um, and, and what he said about them... It, during the canonization, why they're so significant to us today and why we need to, you know, to ask for their intercession is that they um, tell us that what is one of the one of the things that's most important is prayer and personal conversion. And so, you know, Mary appeared to them at a time when there was the World War uh, World War One, and um, you know there was already persecution in Portugal as well of Christians. So lots was kind of happening around the world. It was just, um, and and so. Mary was telling them that, uh, you know, in order to change the course of history, that history could be changed and could be transformed mm-hmm. if, you know, people uh, prayed, if they had a personal conversion. So um, that's that's one of the main things that the Pope is leaving with us or has left with us. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a moving, moving, long yeah. <laughs> celebration. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. You were, uh, you were covering the event, I was doing event, all the commentary, Pedro. yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I, w- I was very moved, mm-hmm. very moved by uh, the simplicity of it. And there yeah. was really a, a sense that the Holy Father, and he said this, but you really had the sense that he was there also as a pilgrim. 
Yeah, well, and he said that before his trip, mm-hmm. too, that he was going there as a pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't a political thing. No. It was really just he wanted to go be with Mary, um, be with the people be there to the people. offer as well, you know, to offer prayers for his brothers and sisters, yes. right? And so, yeah. Yes, and they concluded Mass with uh, exposing the Blessed Sacrament. Beautiful, And then yeah. a beautiful Eucharistic procession, which is mm-hmm. unusual, but mm-hmm. it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I was I was quite moved. Yeah. Um, so there you have it for Fatima. Of course, all of these, his um, speeches and homilies and prayers are found on our blog at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. So if you do want to read, especially his homily for the canonization, mm-hmm. you can go right ahead and find it on our website. Um, now... The other thing, so as I was saying, there was a an event that kicked off or a, another anniversary that uh, that is starting in Canada, in Montreal. So the 375th anniversary of the foundation of Ville-Marie, which is what the city used to be called. And so to, to kick off this, um, this year-long celebration, um, there was a mass that was said in the Notre-Dame Basilica, which is, you know, in old Montreal, so... Mm-hmm. I always remember it because Celine Dion got married there. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful basilica. And a lot of people think that that's the cathedral. Because you have the Montreal Cathedral not, and then yeah. you have Notre Dame Basilica. Yeah. Right. But no, so it is not the cathedral. Um, but yeah, so the, it was presided by uh, the Archbishop of Montreal, Monseigneur Christian Lépine. And, um, and there were, obviously it was a, a packed church. Um and so that, yeah, so we'll see a lot coming out of Montreal this year. So it's a really, it's a big deal. I mean, a lot of our founding um, missionary, mission, you know, missionaries yes. who came to Canada uh, did come to Montreal and evangelize in that area. So, so important feast. Um, finally, uh, going back to World Youth Day, the logo, right, right. for the next World Youth Day in Panama was released Absolutely, this past week. Yes. Um, and uh, I mean, unfortunately, I can't show you a picture now, but I'm sure you can Google it <laughs> to find it. But, but it's on our website and it's also at World Youth yes. Day Central. Yeah. And on the World Youth Day Central Facebook page. Yes. Yes. Perfect. And yeah, so I mean, it's the artist, um, her name is, now correct me if I'm not saying this wrong, but Ambar Calvo. Ambar Calvo, yes. <laughs> okay. She's a 20 year old. 20 years old. Young woman, yeah. a student in architecture. Yeah. And uh, she was chosen among I think over a hundred submissions mm-hmm. for this um, in order to, to, to be chosen. And um, she said that she wanted to portray Mary, Mary's tenderness and abandonment in her most um, beautiful, in one of the most beautiful scenes in the gospel, which is when she gave her fiat. Yes. So that was her inspiration for, uh, for giving this. And as we know, um, the theme of the next World Youth Day in 2019 is um, he, I am the servant of the Lord let it be done to me according to his will that's it so yes, there so we go there you go Panama 2019 January 22nd to the 27th hopefully all our listeners can join me and Emily and maybe Billy Billy you should come down in <laughs> Panama 2019 um, thank you Emily Emily, uh, you can watch her and uh, her show Vatican Connections every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, also on demand at saltandlighttv.org and also on your Roku channel. Hey everybody, it's Marie Miller and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, just go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio. All our programs are archived there. 
Now it's time for What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark, welcome back to the program. You you actually have a good, good something good that's happening in Hollywood today yeah. to tell us. This is a fantastic example of something really good happening. So tell us. Um, I, basically, so I heard a story uh, last year about a woman who worked in a human resources department of a major film studio, and she was a Christian, and she asked her supervisor and said, "Can we have a meeting room?" once a week for a Bible study. Hmm. And her supervisor said, let me get back to you on that. And I guess they went and discussed it, and she came back and she said, you know what, there's no reason that we, can't, that we can think of that we can't give you one. Wow. And a thriving Bible study was born that's great. because of that. Yeah. And I, just, I thought, I'm like, wow, that's great. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, I asked around, and I discovered that there's actually a good number now of these Bible studies at major Hollywood studios. Really? Um, there's one at uh, Sony, one at Warner Brothers, uh, there are some at Disney, and there's also one at DreamWorks as wow. well, too. Wow. Um, and even one of them has over 100 people involved with multiple times during the week. What? Yeah, I know. That's Who great. That's and great. That's thought, great. Yeah, especially at Hollywood yes. studios of all places. But there's there's kind of really no reason not to, mm-hmm. um, and I think I think part of it is uh, inclusivity. Yeah, it's kind of a big buzzword these days in corporate America, um, <clears throat> and it's taken to mean uh, a few different things. Uh, it means they're kind of meaning it to incorporate everyone's idea in the company, uh, you know, especially people of you know different racial or ethnic backgrounds. Uh-huh. Um, they want to make it a safe workplace for visible minorities or, or people with different political viewpoints. Um, but the mm-hmm. reason that corporations have gotten in, interested in it is that there are some studies that have shown that, hey, this actually gives you a business advantage. They say this is a, it's a globally competitive market, and so you have to be sort of globally aware. Right. And uh, so the wonderful thing about this is that, you know, it, it cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. So... You know, some of these initiatives might focus on, say, you know, maybe a little bit of a more liberal agenda, um, but there's no reason that sort of more traditional sort of uh, conservative viewpoints should be included as shouldn't be included as well, too. Right. And, you know, and, and why not? So, like, I've seen, you know, lots of business. They have things like wine clubs and chocolate clubs and <laughs> philosophy circles and right. bowling leagues. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, well, why not have a, a Christian club, mm-hmm. you know, as well, too? And, you know, I think it's it's very clear. It's like, you know, the corporation is not, say, specifically agreeing with or endorsing that viewpoint. It's just making a space for them. Right. Yeah. And and I think I think this is a it's a really powerful thing, because quite often as a as a Christian, you know, you feel isolated. You're like, you don't even know who the other Christians in the company are. So simply to provide mm-hmm. space for it, where Christians can support each other uh, in their apostolate of evangelization, um, is is a major thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I just I just think this is a wonderful that it's happening. But there's no reason that you know you can't do this in your own 
corporate environment at mm-hmm. home, wherever mm-hmm. you are. So my challenge to our listeners today is to consider starting your own uh, corporate bottle study or, or Christian right. club. Um, and just a few pieces of very simple advice. Um, you know, keep it simple. Um, don't be overly ambitious. Don't think about necessarily starting, starting to try huge huge initiatives. And um, I think it's a big thing just to get people together. And you're going to have to, you know, you can't focus on, say, just Catholics or Anglicans or anything. Mm-hmm. I think it really has to be all Christians just to sort of increase your numerical right. uh, chances. So getting Christians of diverse backgrounds together uh, even to pray uh, is an interesting, you know, challenging thing. Um, so, so keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is I'd say give, give yourselves at least half the time to socialize, uh, and I think that's important even just to build up trust between the members yeah. um, in addition to getting to know the people. And then the other thing would be, you know, take some time to pray. Pray for each other and pray for the company. Um, you know, give everyone a chance to pray, try to keep it to topics that unite. Um, you know, you're not going to heal the Protestant Reformation, you know, in just a couple months. Hmm. So just consider it, you know, a real victory that you've gotten believers in Christ together to pray. And, uh, and it, it, it's a small, beautiful thing, but I think you will see great fruit from it. Amen. I think that's that's such an incentive, and you're right. Why not bring it up and, and maybe not call it a Christian club, um, but yeah. a Bible study or come up with, you know, like the weekly fellowship. And, and yeah. I think Christians will know what that is. Um, uh, might, uh, and, might might be something and, that could work in a lot of corporations, at a lot of corporations. Yeah, and, and, and all you're asking for is a meeting room and maybe an email list. And yes. most companies have miscellaneous email lists, and maybe it even just means a table in the cafeteria. You know, you just keep it yes. very simple. Yes, simple, socialize, and prayer. There you go. The three, three tips. Okay, very good. This is this is really good news. Something good that's happening in Hollywood. Corporate Bible study groups at some major film studios. That's that's good. and it will give your company a competitive business advantage as well too. Absolutely. That Absolutely. <laughs> good. Thank you very much, Mark. That's uh, that is something good that's happening in Hollywood. Uh, so thanks for sharing it with us. You're welcome, Pedro. There you go. So what's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews? our undercover Hollywood missionary. Remember to follow him at HUMissionary. Hi, this is Megs, and you're listening to The Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You want to contact us? Email radio at saltandlighttv.org or look for me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, also Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM, or a direct voice message right off our webpage, saltandlighttv.org slash radio and now it's time for church for dummies with billy chan (laughs) billy chan church for dummies so billy today i get to ask the question and you get to answer is it possible can we do that (laughs) can we do that go ahead so so a lot of people find mass boring (laughs) you're copying me right yes (laughs) yes Okay, a lot, a lot, I think a lot of people, I don't know if, how many people you talk to, and they, they, they complain that Mass is very boring. Yes. And uh, when I am, like, when I was young, I'm still young, but, you know, when I was young... Younger. I, I, really, I really find that Mass is really boring. Mm-hmm. You know, especially you need a lot of, like, I, I, I find that you need a lot of energy. 
Okay. To yeah. go to Mars, you need to know, you need to do things, and sometimes my, my my brain is not even even there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I have some like tips or some some helpful uh, hints for people who find that same have the same um, thinking of me. Okay, so tips for for people to make math less uh, boring. Yeah, you know when we when we talk about boring. Yeah. You know why why you find something very boring is because of because you're not engaged. You're not engaged. You, you you think that there's no value. You think that there's no value. Okay. okay. You you think that you don't understand why you're there. Uh-huh. And there's nothing to do for for you, for example. Right. Or I have I have something more important right. to do other than coming to Mars. Okay. So, you know, first of all, I think everyone's change the way to talk when when they say uh, uh let's go to Mars. Uh-huh. No, it's no, it's wrong. We are not going to Mars. We are participating. Let's participate at Mars. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so it's it's the it's the concept. First mm-hmm. of all, we need, everyone need to need to change that. Yes. So some uh, tips like you know tell yourself is very important. First of all, Mars is very important. Mars is very important. Repeat. Repeat, repeat what I said. Mass okay. is that's the fir- <laughs> wait. The first tip is that we don't go to mass, but we participate at mass. So let's yes. go participate at mass. I would even add that we go to celebrate mass because I love the idea of oh, celebration, yes. right? Because yes. you could participate in something that's like going to the dentist is torturous, but celebration, we participate in the celebration. So we celebrate mass. That is good because this is also the meaning of mass, right? Yes, you, you are it's celebrating. A celebration. We are not going. Only, only going to mass, okay? And we go because it's important. Yes, and you know we and. You need. You may want to remind yourself every time when you go to mass. Yes. You know. You need to remind yourself every time. Every time, as a parent, you need to remind your kids as well. Okay. So e- even though it doesn't feel like a celebration. <laughs> no, you know that part. I will let it for you. Okay. 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 So you are the one who responsible for the for deacon, that, right? For the deacon the to deacon, make sure right? it's a celebration. Yes. Okay. But and also there are some some people say that I don't think there is any bad reason to participate in mass. For example, some people say that I go to mass because of friends. I go to mass because of Sunday school, because I I, I I'm looking for, uh, you know. Uh, um, girls, 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 or boys—you know things, things like that. So I don't think it's a bad reason. Okay. As long as you go to Mars, the simplest answer is I'm looking for love. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm looking for God. You know, God is yes, love, right? Of course, so I'm of course, looking for for love. So this is the, the first tip I would say is the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second one is we need to prepare before we enter the church. Okay. Okay. So we days. I think you, we 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 want to talk more about that in the next yes. maybe next time. Good, good. Thank you very much. So, how to make mass more interesting with Billy Chan? Try that tomorrow. Tr- try that tomorrow <laughs> or today if you're listening to this on Sunday. So there you go, Billy Chan, Church for Dummies. Billy Chan is a seasoned radio host, a lover of the mass apparently, and he's the webmaster at Salt and Light TV. You can follow him at B Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, producing Catholic events and a featured chat with Marie Miller, so don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, there's nothing worse for me anyway to go to a Catholic event and to have bad audio and crappy videos and bad lighting. The content might be excellent. But I think that the content suffers if the production values are not excellent. Now, joining me are two guys who've made a career out of producing events, all kinds of events, but they do specialize in producing 
Catholic events, events like focus conferences. And uh, this past summer, the Mercy Center at World Youth Day in Krakow. I hear they had an ex- excellent artistic director there for that. And I'm very happy so to welcome <laughs> Charles Ide and Mike Danielson to the Salt and Light Hour. Hi, guys. What a great artistic director <laughs> you were. You're not talking about yourself, are you? Oh, no, I don't know. So that's right. So you guys, you guys both sound the same. So I'm going to have to make sure that we know who's, who's speaking. Um, uh, uh, you guys have been doing events for a long time because you're old. Um, what sorts of events do you do, Charlie? Uh, I mean, we do all kinds of events. We obviously love doing things in the faith side of events because yeah. the the mission and the purpose behind what you're doing is so much more, I guess, valuable than you know other things that you could be doing so, so you find that more satisfying you feel that there's more purpose than to doing like a car race show or yeah, something I mean it's just you walk away feeling like you did something more than just uh, put on a good show you uh, walked away moving people right I mean, you say, touched them Mike would you say that that is why you do what you do I would say that um, that's why we do the definitely on the faith side for sure um, I yeah. mean it's it was a a, a a calling on the hearts of our of both of us that we listen to and uh, we've been really fortunate I mean the the Poland project the World Youth Day was yeah. I think that came a lot sooner than than I had thought <laughs> that we would be doing oh really that. like in terms of yeah at least going internationally and, and doing um, an event that was involved with the Pope and so many people yeah yeah all and of a sudden you're yeah. like wait <laughs> <laughs> the Pope is going to be here? <laughs> Wait a minute. This, I, I think we're it, supposed to have 10 more years in front of us. Yeah, exactly. So you guys have been doing this for six months. That's right. Um, th- would you say that there's, and I think you kind of said this, Charlie, you kind of both have said this, but but there's a different between doing a corporate event or doing a Catholic event for you, or do you approach both events the same way? Like the faith aspect aside, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, I would say that, you want to the the impact to the audience you want to be amazing no matter what you're doing um right but from a faith perspective you definitely want to make sure that you're you're handling those details that don't distract away from okay you know especially when you have like adoration or when right. you have uh, a procession or a mass so would you say then, Mike, that, that, that there are different things that you'd have to pay attention for if it's a Catholic or, I guess, a religious event? For sure. For sure, yeah. I mean, even some of the simple things with the, the Catholic events is paying attention to the, the focus on, let's just say, the entertain, the entertainer right, or the worship leader or the band, things like that. So, so yeah, and, and different uh, event organizers have a little bit um, of a different approach on each one. So Yeah, do you find that because sometimes the religious events are, well, let's say Catholic because it's a Catholic show, we're Catholic. Some of us are Catholic. <laughs> this is when I say, <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll reveal, I'll make the reveal later. Um, this, is the <laughs> this is an evangelistic nice. uh, effort here. An evangelistic effort here. Thank you. Um, that, that this concept of it, like an artistic director is foreign. I've been artistic director for a World Youth Day. I'm involved in the next World Youth Day in Panama. I was involved with you guys in Krakow, and I've, I've, most Catholic events don't have an artistic director. It's like that part, you know. And and when they bring in a production company like you guys, yeah, they're thinking about technical. It's like yeah, you guys make sure that we have lights and sound, but they're not really thinking about it from a creative point of view. Do you find that that's a challenge? For sure. Yeah, I think it's a big challenge. Yeah, I think um, I think that's why. 
you know, we, we call ourselves a creative production group or a creative yeah. agency is because there's a, there's a, that's lacking. That's uh-huh. not being thought about on the front end and it should be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we find in our business a lot of people they focus on the technical stuff, but they're really not thinking about the creative side. Right. And we, working with you in Poland was amazing because you. Sorry, can you say that again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, it was really great because you you had an eye for things and you really knew uh, what needed to be done to bring more energy and more light to to the production. And right. it was. I mean, it made our job so much more delightful to to do it. Yeah, and I would say, and not again that I'm putting a plug in for artistic director, but I would say that you could have done it without someone in my role, but the fact that I was there meant that you could focus more on the technical stuff, but you were also doing a lot of creative stuff, but we could work together. Um, Let's say we have some listeners who are part of a Catholic group, I don't know, and or, or a par- I suppose a parish is not going to be doing a huge event, but let's say they're organizing a conference. What sorts of things, let's give them some tips, what sorts of things uh, should they be taking into consideration, Mike? Boy, I guess it's going to come down to the, the audience. You know, is this a, um, a youth-centered event? Is this an right. adult formation event? Um, you know, people are bombarded with media every all day uh-huh, every day uh-huh. right so i think it's it has to be engaging it has to be it has to sound good it needs to look good and it needs to be delivered in a in a clear yeah, fashion yeah. communicated yeah right. yeah because people aren't going to sit and put up with it sounding like crap you right know? right it's gonna it's gonna immediately distract you know and people i don't i don't say i'm not going to say that the 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 purposes to entertain them but it's definitely to capture their attention and if you can't do that off the bat mm-hmm. uh good luck trying to want to you know having them come back or at least keep them in their seats through the end of it well i would i would think that to to help them focus on what you want them to focus you need to have good production because the production is going to help them yeah i mean the, I, in my opinion yeah the production should only enhance what you're trying to do. And right. I think there's a lot of people, and it's not just in the religious communities, in events in general, people make excuses. Well, we don't really need all that much audio or we don't need big screens or projection or an LED wall. But the truth is that in the changing times with what people are used to, you do need that stuff yeah. if you want to stand on the same stage. Yeah, and it's interesting because you would, I mean, I don't know how many lighting instruments we had and what was it, 25,000-seat stadium? Yeah. Um, it's like hundreds of lights. And, and, and the smoke. We have stories about smoke, you know, the haze. The haze. The haze. Thank you. Um, and the, but all that stuff, nobody would have known that all that stuff was there, including the haze, because it enhanced and it created an environment, a space that I'm always amazed at how we were able to, we, you guys, and, and the guys from Concept, uh, which was the Polish production company. Um, yep. Great with, guys, with by the whom way. I mean, we couldn't have not have done it without them. The creative space that was intimate, but at the same time very public. It it was liturgical, but also uh, concert, big stadium. I mean, it was incredible w- how we were able to create that, and it's all because of production. Um. What would you say? And the and the artistic director. Thank you, thank you. The artistic director <laughs> for hire. Um, what uh, <laughs> What would you say uh, has been the highlight of your career, Charlie? <laughs> oh man! Well, World no, Youth seriously. Day is obviously up there. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously you know. Uh, I mean, when I meet people and they ask us what we do, and I get to get into stories about it. I, I mean, I obviously talk about the fact that we did an event in an arena in Poland 
for the Pope. I mean, that's always yeah. an exciting one. So I would say that that's really up there. Um, it, it, there are, you know, a, a bunch of things that are close seconds, but World Youth Day was definitely the highlight, I think. Yeah, I have to echo that, um, especially with how quickly it came about. Right. I think the conversations were happening just a few months ahead of the whole thing. And it's it kind of like, had are, years you, to are you sure? Is this the right? <laughs> you mean this year? There's three years between, and they call us three months ahead. Yeah. Three months ahead. Well, so, you know, the Holy Spirit always comes in at the last minute. That's right. Not one second early, not one second late. So why do we need you guys coming in early? It showed us that we could do things that we didn't know we could. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I think we're going to leave it there. This is uh, maybe we've we've uh, we have some listeners out there who who were at the Mercy Center in Krakow. They have I know we had uh, someone contact us through Facebook already to say that he remembers the XLT with Matt Marr, Audrey, and uh, Bishop Barron. Yeah, that's that. I would you know just you bringing that up. Her uh, her performance down on that that other stage. I'll I'll never forget that. I walked down there during the. The little During the adoration, stage, yeah. yeah, and when she, the procession stopped in front of her, and she she began her song, yeah, yeah, and I, I I go back on YouTube frequently and I watch it, yeah, at night. I think a lot of people, and we could, you know, if people Google Mercy Center, the Canadian spelling C E N T R E Center, right. uh, Mercy Center Krakow, uh, or 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 Night of Mercy. You, you'll you'll find uh, this event, and there's tons of photos and just beautiful stuff. Um, I'm talking with. Uh, Mike Danielson and Charles Ide, uh, Charles, who's not Catholic. I, I, I failed to. <laughs> hey, don't to hold it against me. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good that you guys, you know, we can work together. It's a melting pot. Oh, it's yeah. it's <laughs> a melting pot. Um, they are the partners and owners of uh, IDCOM, which is a production or creative company based in Minneapolis and also Denver. And you should use them for your event. How's that? You can contact them at IDCOM.com. I believe is the word, and it's Ide, E-I-D-E, com, dot com. I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having it's us. It's been a pleasure. Fun. Yeah. It's great. Live here in the Salt and Light Hour studio. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Marie Miller with Glitter Gold from her newest album, Letterbox. I see you in everything. Every graveyard, every moment that went wrong, and I hear you in the saddest songs I know, and waves crashing cold as stone in a broken sea.
That was Marie Miller with Glitter Gold from her newest album, Letterbox. We first met Marie three years ago when her single, You're Not Alone, rose to the top of the Christian adult contemporary charts. Marie is classified as a modern folk singer-songwriter, but as you've been hearing, she blends folk with pop and country and other styles of music. Marie now has a new album, Letterbox, that she describes as radically relational. It's about friendships, parents, a child, or romance. And she also says that it's about how we affect each other as people and that it's about freedom. Whatever it is, it is great music. And so we are very happy to welcome Marie Miller back to the program. Marie, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Great to be here. So um, I don't think I've ever heard an album described exactly the way you describe yours. So maybe I should just ask you, what is the album about? The album is um, it's called Letterbox because when I was looking through the songs that we chose, I found that it almost was like um, direct letters to people in my life. The so things that I wanted to say them but I didn't because I was afraid to or just felt like I couldn't in some way and so I wrote a song about it and then so it now sort of is my my collection of letters so my letterbox and I also am am a little bit of a traditionalist and I love to write letters and and sort of have a philosophy about slower uh, communication and community and uh, physical 
things over all this digital stuff. So I thought it was mm-hmm. the perfect title. It is. So, but, but just to correct, so to confirm, so you, uh, were these actual letters or they felt to you that they were like letters? They were like letters. Yeah. 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 Now, I also read that you, uh, when you're writing music, sometimes you're looking for themes or searching because you love to read and you're looking through classic literature, for example. Was was there yes. a liter- literary influences for this album? Uh, yes, definitely. So there's, um, and basically every song, you'll find little secret um, quotes from books and things like that. There's a song called Story that is just jam-packed with literary references. I have Lord of the Rings in there, oh, yeah. and the Iliad, oh, wow. uh, Alice in Wonderland, hmm. Wuthering Heights. There's, yeah, it's just sort of a... Um, uh, yeah, a ton. And I thought that was sort of my nerdy side coming out. But. No, that's good. So <laughs> would you say that that's typical of the way you generally write music? Definitely for this album. I I think in the past I've also done that, but in particular with this album. Now I have written um, you know, many songs that in my last EP, I have a song called Unconscious, which is about the idea uh, in, uh, in Plato, the man in the cave. Right. So I, I try yeah. to, I've always tried to bring in my love of reading with my songwriting. Yeah, interesting. So would you then read something? Let, let's say you read that, that, that Plato myth or whatever that thought would have been. Would then, and then mm-hmm. would that sort of, would you write it out first as a poem and then set it to music? Or does it come to you musically? What's sort of the process normally for you? Well, I generally write the music and the words at the same time. Uh-huh. And then I go back and I edit. Right, of course. Uh, so, so yeah. So I, I, I really write, um, when people ask me that, I had to think about it the first time. Well, what mm-hmm. do I do? And I realized that I'm pretty much writing um, hand in hand yeah. together. So the lyrics and the, the, the music sort of come together. Um, would you say that there's anything different about this album for you? Um, and I'm thinking more... Um, that it seems to me that there's a bit of a different sound. It's maybe not as folksy or as country um, as some of your previous recordings. Uh, yes. So this album is definitely poppier, you could say, than yeah. the earlier recordings. And mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I decided to go a little bit in that direction to switch it up a bit. Um, the radio format that we're going for right. is, is um, pop radio. So yeah, it's kind of exciting to have, uh, and the shows have become more upbeat because of that. And I am excited about that to have a little more energy for the performances as well. Yeah, I uh, I know I know I actually was watching the video for uh, I think Lost at Sea and the mat you're playing the mandolin. Um, but when mm-hmm. I was hearing it, I thought, oh, I really missed the mandolin. I'm gonna have to go hear it hear it again. That I missed the, the banjo and the and the mandolin, but maybe they're there and I just have not paying attention prop close enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, would you say that this is a Christian album? No, so this is really just a you know pop secular whatever. I joke and say pagan music, but I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, no, it's it's um, I have um, really um, tried to though bring in Christian themes yeah. um, in the music, whether it be a song about friendship or there's a song called Stones You Throw, which is about um, how every um, everything we do uh, 
in, in, in any way affects, we affect one another. Right. And, and so, it, you know, I say, um, no man's an island, no matter how far you swim, and the world's polluted by your tiny little sins. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, so really bringing my uh, Catholic faith into all the music. Um, right. But I wouldn't say, we wouldn't put it in the, on iTunes, you know, Christian gospel right. um, genre. Right. So it would be just pop. Is that is that something that's new for you or that you're trying something new or it just felt natural to kind of go in this direction for this particular project? Yes, it felt very natural. And I try to make the music speak for itself and not mm-hmm. decide, you know, before, because I think once you say I'm this and, you know, then you're trying to write music that fits your own version of yourself. Of, of course. But it, when you look back and you look at the music, you say, oh, this is where it's going to work the best. And but I've actually been working in pop music for about three years, right? Um, and I still do many Catholic events, but I just am not doing the um, they call it CCM, you know, contemporary Christian right, music of course, events yeah. anymore. Yeah. What I call love, love songs to Jesus. Um, uh, exactly. um, but mm-hmm. it's good, and and I think that there's a power to that because, as you say, I mean who you are is who you are and that's going to come through in your music and your lyrics and and if you are catholic or christian or you're very much that's that's part of who you are then that's going to come through anyway um and maybe sometimes that's right. the best way to evangelize and again not that you're necessarily writing the music with a specific purpose to evangelize i'm not sure if that's part of your your goal or your mission it, it definitely is uh, i started doing music full-time as a teenager and wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do with it. And mm-hmm. then I read John Paul II's <laughs> letter to artists. Yeah. Uh, and it talks about how beauty is a call to transcendence and it stirs in us the hidden nostalgia for God. And right. so ever since I read that and being a JP2 generation kid as well, yeah. um, that has really, uh, that's really the only reason that right. I do this. I yeah. mean, I do it because I love it and I, I find a lot of joy in it. Yeah. But if, if it wasn't, uh, Beauty isn't used, I think, to to, um, to stir in our hearts mm-hmm. uh, that that need for God. Then, you know, what's the point? I think. Mm-hmm. Of course, and and you also do it because you're good at it, um, mm-hmm. and you have a busy it's summer. Cute. I was looking at your uh, again your 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 dates. You have lots of dates uh, this summer. You're going to be in New York and Virginia, in Germany, Atlanta, Chicago. Yeah. Um, so our listeners can. Uh, Find out where you're going to be and see if you're going to be anywhere near them, and hopefully they can come out and listen to you. Um, do you have any new recordings or any big projects coming down the pipes that we should know about? Well, with this release that was April 28th, which is so exciting. Yes. Yeah. So we've got. Um, so I'm just in celebration mode for this one for now, mm-hmm. but I will definitely be releasing new videos. So I think. Yes. Um, uh, keep keep on the lookout for that. Yeah, and we can post those. I actually really really like your videos. Um, um, oh, they're just very <laughs> simple, uh, but but artsy and and folksy, and and they're they're very well made, and it's a great way to to again to share the music. Um, so if people want to find out, well, they should come to our website because we we've we have them there, and of course they're on your website too, and uh, and they should yes. go there too. So Marie, I'm gonna let you go, but thank you so much. I'm so excited when I heard you had this new album because it's been like three years. So. Uh, uh, it was a good I excuse know. to reach out to you and to play your music and to have you back on the program. Well, thank you so much for having me again. It's always awesome to be here. You're welcome. Thank you. You can learn more about Marie Miller and purchase her music. Best place to go is her website, mariemillermusic.com. And here now is Marie Miller with 
Lost at Sea from this newest album, Letterbox. In a paper boat on a raging sea Hope and hope would float on endlessly The sky can turn without a word from light to dark The storm will shake and waves will break on the bravest heart listening to Marie Miller with Lost at Sea from her new album, Letterbox. And that will bring us to the end of our program this week. Remember that if you missed any part of this program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where we post links to our artists or guests. Send us comments on what you've heard on this program. The best way to do it is through Facebook. Just look for Deacon Pedro or Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And I'm on Twitter at Emmy Callen and Billy is at Bijo Chan. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro. And I'm Emily Callen. And this has been the, the Salt and Light, Light Hour. Hour. The lonely star we swore was ours is a great unknown. Are we drifting out into the me.